Welcome to Consulting Trap. I'm your host, Brian Maddox. With me today is Rebecca Babbitt. Welcome. Hi, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. So um, can you tell us a little bit more, more about your business, uh, Fallline Digital? I'd love to hear more about how you got started and how you ended where you are. Yeah, Brian, I'd love to tell you more about Fallline Digital. We are a growth marketing agency that helps e-commerce brands scale faster than they could on their own. And we work with purpose-driven brands exclusively. And so we run the whole gamut. We run Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads, TikTok, SMS, email marketing, um, and even do some conversion opt- conversion rate optimization. So yeah, it's wow. super fun. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Got your hands full. I know, I know, I know. And it's like it's funny because I think it's um, you know, as as a consultancy uh, or as as you are a consultant's a consultant, um, a consultant to consultants, you're probably like, wow, that sounds like a headache. Why are you offering so many services? And uh, we didn't actually start that way. We started as a Facebook ads agency. And um, really out of the need of, for our, of our clients, we transitioned to a little bit more of a full growth scope. Um, and I think it's obvious to everyone that does marketing that you really can't grow your business with just one channel anymore. And I think those, t- those times are kind of gone, right? Those are the glory days when you could really grow an e-commerce business on Facebook alone and 2017 to 2019, maybe even a little 2020, but things have changed. And um, so as our clients' needs changed, we also changed our business model. And uh, it's it's actually super fun. I really, really, really like a lot of the stuff that we're doing with SMS specifically and uh, TikTok. So yeah, it's it keeps keeps me on my toes and keeps things interesting. Every time a new platform comes out, I imagine you were like, hmm, is this something we need to add to the toolkit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And normally it's not right away. And then we're like, all right, can this work? Does this make sense? Do we have the right strategy? So I think, you know, kind of tiptoeing into those new channels um, is how we approach it, where we don't just, we try not to have shiny object syndrome where like, oh, the newest thing is this and we got to be there and we got to be the best at it. It's like, okay, does this new channel actually make sense for our clients? Can we do it right? Is our target audience there? Can we kind of convey what we're doing, um, you know, the unique problem that we're solving to our target audience on this platform? Most of the time the answer is yes. So, <laughs> so maybe we do have, so maybe we do have shiny object syndrome, but yeah. So, so how did you, how did you get into this and, and end up in this space? I mean, that's a, it is a lot. Uh, and so I can't imagine you just like woke up one day and are like, hey, I'm going to go and become a digital marketing expert at all of these different things. Uh, how did you land here? How did you land with your current client base as well? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So that's unpacking like 20 years right there. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll try to make it long story short. It might be long story long, but I have the first job that I got out of college was... Um, in journalism. So I was a news reporter for a local newspaper called the Reno Gazette Journal in Reno, Nevada, where I went to college. Um, And actually, the really cool thing about that is that it gave me a really strong content marketing background. And um, that was back in 2009, when, you know, everything was kind of moving online, and newspapers were laying off people and what have you. So it's kind of a scary time to be in that industry. Um, and so 
naturally transitioned from the newspaper industry into uh, really a copywriting role um, at a at an agency, and then from there um, got into a social media role, and then worked in house for a brand um, called the Ragnar Relay Series, um, and helped them grow from twenty races. So I think over 40 and international um, and really kind of um, was able to get that more digital marketing skill set where it's it's almost like like working for Ragnar was great. So it was almost like each little event that we had. And these are these crazy overnight running relay events. So kind of like a marathon that you do with the team. Um, so we'd have, you know, all these different races and they all need their own little marketing campaigns because they were all different, right? Different locations, different um, different scenery, different routes, uh, different target audience. So um, that really gave me the ability to multitask, and and from there um, jumped out on my own. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, really started the agency with just doing Facebook and Instagram ads. That's really where I had the most um, skill and experience, um, and then. From there, have been able to build a team who, um, you know, fills the gaps where I don't have the skill set. And, you know, I think the wonderful thing about the world that we're living in is we can literally learn anything, you know, from online resources and um, our networks and, you know, YouTube, even though I don't really go that much. I don't really go on YouTube that much to find digital marketing information. But yeah, point is, you can you can learn a lot um, if you're willing to put in the effort, I think, in digital marketing. So. So um, you talked about the the race campaigns and how each one of them required their own uh, almost mini marketing campaign. That sounds like one of the secrets to your success was just having a huge number of at-bat opportunities or a number of opportunities to try and flex your skills. How, can you tell me more about that? And what, what does that, like, what does that, how did that evolve and uh, improve the way you've approached business today? Yeah, for sure. So I... I think it it really operated kind of like a mini agency is how is how I see it and um and kind of now with the client base that I have is like I'm working exclusively in e-commerce but not all the brands are 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 you know the same they might have some synergies but you can apply learnings across different brands um but at the same time not everything that works for one brand is going to work for the other brand. So you have to get creative and scrappy and, um, you know, go into your toolkit and affiliate marketing might work great for one brand, whereas Facebook and Instagram video ads work for another. And then TikTok might work great for another, but, um, you know, Google search might work for another. So you kind of have all these toolkits, all these little tools in your toolkit and, um, you know, pull out the ones that you, you know, will work for the job. So, so how did you do that for your own agency? Dun dun dun. Because it's hey. usually like a huge blind spot, right? Folks, and, and I can I'm sure that you know, as a consultant and with your experience, you have you've had clients that that can't see their own blind spots around this stuff. It's very common. How did you kind of get around that blind spot for yourself and determine what tools were right? Yeah, I think um that's a good question. Let me let me sit with that one for a second. How do I approach that? I think. I think you kind of have, you know, if you're look if you if you look at your uh, digital marketing toolkit like a like a soccer team or something, like you have your forwards that you know are going to strike that are going to give you conversion when you need it. You have your defense, you have your midfielders. So 
you have your team, right? But it's like, you know, what team are you putting in the game on that certain day? So I think for for us, it's like we have we know Facebook and Instagram as work. Like, so that's a normally a place to start. We know Google ads work. So that's a normally a place where we start. So we normally start with those two channels and then we kind of evolve from there where it's like, okay, if we have some reels that are really working on um, Instagram, you know, maybe we'll lean into TikTok. Um, if we have some Google ad campaigns that are really working, uh, <clears throat> you know, we might look on expanding the scope to YouTube or to display on, uh, you know, Google shopping, something like that. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think, I don't know, it's a really exciting time to be in digital marketing because you do have these opportunities. Um, you know, you do have these amazing technology platforms that work. And so you can really build out, um, you know, a strategy based on those and then fill in the gaps as you evolve. But we normally start pretty small with like Facebook and YouTube, or sorry, Google and Facebook, and then evolve from there. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully that answered the question. <laughs> so you work with a very specific type of client base um, on, on online retail uh, products. It's very, uh, very niche, I guess, uh, in against uh, comparatively like the services world and stuff like that. What are the common mistakes that uh, folks that are looking in that uh, online retail space make? What are the like the ones that you see every one of your prospects, they, they come in and they make the same mistake over and over again? Yeah, I think... Um... So we do we do a lot of audits like before we take on any new business, we always audit their account, take a look under the hood, see what's been working, see what hasn't. So I can kind of speak from that um, perspective where I, I think a lot of looking back at a lot of accounts, I think the place where um, a lot of people go wrong is that they don't do the legwork to set the campaigns up for success, right? So it's actually really, really, really easy to run for example, a Facebook ad, like you could go in there, Brian, today and give give money to Facebook uh, if you want. Right? <laughs> it's, exactly. like, it's like donating blood. They'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like it's it's really cool because it 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 opens up a lot of opportunities where anybody can do this kind of stuff. But I think you wind up wasting a lot of money when you don't do the foundational work. And I guess by that, I mean. Um, the brand work, right? So you're figuring out uh, the unique problems that your product solves, who your target audience is, you're building out your customer avatars, you're creating messaging specifically to and for those customer avatars, you're talking about what life looks like before the customer buys your product, and then what life looks like after the customer buys your product, and you're building video assets, copy, um, video marketing, you're building all these um, campaigns based on that foundational work. So I think without that work, you kind of jump in, you, you, you're like, oh, we've got this product and it's awesome. And here's an ad for it. And it's like, without actually, you know, taking a few steps back um, is where I see a lot of, a lot of brands go wrong. That's not surprising. It's a recurring theme we get here on the consulting trap when folks will um, they'll say that you know, my my business really didn't take off until I figured out 
my brand assets and who, who my, you know, exact ideal client profile was and who my, uh, my, you know, what my unique selling proposition was finding that discovering that, um, isn't something that is just like you, you mentioned earlier. It's not just a shiny penny. It is, you can't just be like, Oh, well, I've got this cool new thing. Let's go. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. always a, a bit more work than that. And it's nuanced work. So as you go through your process, what um, I'm sure you've cleared up client misconceptions about the way this operates. What are some of those that come up? Yeah, I think I think sometimes people think that they have it. They either have like their brand book that they'll, you know, send off. Well, here's our brand or, um, you know, here's a. Uh, you know, an interview we did with one of our clients once or something like that, which is all great. And it all, and it all helps, but, um, actually our onboarding process, um, you know, we have like a three-part onboarding process where we do like a lot of that deep dive brand discovery stuff. And then, and then we're always kind of like presenting it to the client is like, we took a hack at what we think your brand is and we're presenting it to you, but like, let us know what you think. Cause you're the expert. So like, I think a lot of that um, in the beginning, when we start off with new clients is super important just to build their trust. And then also just so like, they understand that we get it. And also, you know, thirdly, it's like, we might not always knock it out of the, out of the ballpark right away. So it's like, we we're, we're coming in new. So you're the expert. So let us know. And then we, and then we really define that. Um, and then we're able to go to market, right. As like, them as the business owner and us as the client is like, we feel really good about what we have. We know our unique positioning. And then we're like, okay, we're confident that we could go to market with this. Um, and like I mentioned before, it's really easy to run Facebook ads. So I think, I, I don't know, I, I shouldn't say other agencies are, I would assume other agencies would, you know, some of their value prop would be like, we can launch ads within 24 hours, which I was like, nothing that we would ever do is like, we've right. got to get everything squared away first get that foundation because you can waste a lot of money on Facebook before you even do that. Right. So, um, so yeah. (laughs) It sounds like a lot of what you're doing in the beginning with your client base is holding up the mirror um, and just helping them see how their stuff looks from the outside. So, so my, my heavy question of the day is who holds up the mirror for you and your business? (laughs) Um, myself <laughs> so which is probably not not the best person but yeah no um i think um yeah i i definitely have a team that's able to help with that i seek you know outside advice and consultants and have like a really strong network but um i don't know ultimately at the end of the day it's, it's a you know, solo entrepreneurship. I don't have a business partner. It's kind of just me. And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, um, it's a lot of like gut checking and really doing a lot of the stuff that I'm doing for my clients. You know, it's like practicing what I preach. And I think that's been actually one of the biggest challenges. I'm sure all the consultants that you talk to is like, you're really good at marketing, for these, for your clients, you're not so great at marketing for yourself. And so um, I think that's hard for two reasons. One is to find the time. Um, and then two is, um, yeah, kind of getting out of your own way. 
Yeah, that's a that's a real trick, isn't it? Get that. <laughs> <laughs> the most difficult uh, obstacle is usually the six inches between the ears, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, outrageously difficult. I think um, so. So for the folks that are listening to the show and folks that recognize that they might be a good fit for you, or um, uh, that know folks that could benefit from your knowledge and expertise, who would be an ideal fit to reach out to you, and how should they get a hold of you? Yeah, so we work with purpose-driven brands. Um, so that really gives me and my team, um, like as an agency, it gives us more purpose to work with. So our, our we say our why becomes their why, um, you know, or your why. So if you have a strong purpose in your brand that we can get behind, that makes marketing for your brand that much more exciting to us. Um, and so we work with, Brands who are typically spending uh, $10,000 or more a month on digital advertising. It's not that we won't take brands um, who are not spending that much. It's just that it's harder to get kind of results and momentum. Kind of see that as like the baseline ad spend that um, <clears throat> we really see brands start to take off and really reap the benefits of, of these performance marketing channels. Um, <clears throat> sorry. And the best way to get a hold of me um, would be to reach out to growth at falllinedigital.com or right on my website, you can just hit a application and we'll reach out with a free strategy call just to hear what you're about and kind of determine, you know, if we're a good fit for each other moving forward from there. I think it equally has to be a good fit, you know, for client and then also for, for business, right? So um yeah, you said purpose-driven brand, and that means something very specific to you. But for our listeners, they might not know. So can you tell us what a purpose-driven brand is? Yeah, I definitely can. So I think um, I, th- I think it is a bit ambiguous because um, it's it's like it is it is in my head. Um, but that being said, I think that um, you know, with our skills as digital marketers. Um, we have an insane power and we've seen it right with some of the results that we've been able to get, you know, we can actually drive a lot of conversion and we can drive a lot of purchase. Um, and we can influence like nearly half the world's population through these channels that we're able to utilize. Right. So we have a lot of power and especially when you're really good at it, you realize that you do have, you know, even more power. Um, and so our, our mission is to use that power for good, right? So brands that ultimately we think are doing good in the world, uh, specifically like conscious consumer brands, um, brands that are intentional about the products that they're creating, um, brands that you know are thinking about the life cycle of their product. Um, ultimately, everything that we have, I shouldn't say everything, but a lot of stuff winds up in landfills, right? So it's like thinking about packaging and minimizing, um, you know, kind of some of that, um, just be, yeah, like a conscious consumer brand that's that is intentional about, um, you know, the products that they're creating and putting into the world, um, and and ultimately doing good, right? Like we love to hear founder stories, like like I love entrepreneurs and just thinking about why they created their brand as like their problem solvers and they had this insane problem that they wanted to fix or they wanted to improve on something. So all of that stuff is really 
important to us um, because like I said, come, that your why becomes our why and we want to rally behind that and truly believe in it. And when we truly believe in it, we can create really, really compelling marketing that works. So kind of all works together. Thank you so much for your time today. <laughs> really appreciate having you on the show um, and uh, look forward to hearing more about your journey and how it goes. Please don't hesitate to reach out to uh, tell us more what happens in the coming years. You add a new platform, you add a new brand. We definitely want to hear about it. Thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-A-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done-for-you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.